Good evening. I got that right. <laughs> I practice that the most. It's always morning when I see you guys. Good evening. Merry Christmas. Oh, you can do better than that. Merry Christmas. Somebody got to open a present early over there. Very excited. <laughs> if you're new here among us, my name is Gene. I serve here at C3 Church as your lead pastor. And I wonder, do you guys have Christmas traditions? Maybe it's coming here, but maybe you got to open a present early. When I was a kid, that was a really big thing because I went to church a lot as a kid. My dad, he was the organist and choir director, and my whole family was in the choir. So we had midnight mass. It was late. Then we got up in the morning, and we went to church again. So if you got dragged here to church today, shh, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I will get you out of here in time for dinner in Naples. Hope you made reservations, but you'll be just fine. Christmas traditions. We have them, don't we? Maybe it's food. Mmm. See, now, I grew up in New York where we have real food. It's really, really good. <laughs> kind of an Italianish, Hungarian family, so it's kind of a blend of really, really, really good food. And my favorite was pizzel. I know you know what that is, the New Yorkers in the room. Pizzel, it's delicious. Kind of like a really thin waffle, pastry type thing, but it's sweet. And it's made in a pizza maker, too, if you're doing it right. They look like little snowflakes, kind of-ish, and they have powdered sugar on them. Delicious. Pro tip, do not breathe in while you're eating. It will ruin at least five minutes of your life. It's not a good thing. If you've had it and done that, you know what I'm talking about. What about movies? Sometimes it just doesn't feel like it's Christmas until we've seen certain movies, like It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Story. I saw The Christmas Carol. There's a million versions of it, I know. You have the original, but I saw The Muppets one recently, and it's not as good as I remembered it. <laughs> the songs were terrible, <laughs> terrible. Stick to the Disney one. It's kind of much better. The cartoon, they get you in and out of there in about 20 minutes, right? The Christmas Story, we've all seen that, right? It's like, no, there's like no response on this. This joke is not going to be funny. Christmas Story, I'll summarize it for you and I'll spoil it. Spoiler alert here. It's about a kid named Ralphie. Ralphie wants the Red Ryder BB gun. It's really important to him. So important that he lets everybody know. His parents, he decides to write a report for his teacher about it, thinking that'll get him one. And even the mall Santa Claus, of course, got to get there to see him. But he's met with the same answer each time. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Very disappointing for Ralphie. <laughs> Gets to Christmas morning. He has to wear a weird pink bunny suit that his aunt gave him. His dad makes fun of him, says he looks like a pink nightmare. He wears it anyway, don't worry, we'll get you out of that soon. But he doesn't get his BB gun. 
It's a surprise. They hide it from him. And he finally gets the Red Ryder BB gun. He goes outside with it. And right away, he almost shoots his eye out. So, we're going to learn something. Sometimes, getting what we want is not always good for us. A lesson that we'll learn today. We've been looking at the original Christmas story, or all the things leading up to it anyway. In a series we've been doing as a church called The Rest of the Story, and this is where we're looking at the whole Bible. We'll be done in two years, but we're looking at the whole thing, especially all the parts that the people don't normally take a look at. A lot of stories, even longtime Christians are like, huh, that's in there? Well, as a part of that, we just finished up wrapping up the life and writings of King Solomon. And we saw a lot of stuff about him that was interesting. A lot of people didn't know. He got a lot of what he wanted, but it wasn't necessarily very good for him. In fact, led to a lot of trouble for him and the entire kingdom. Today, we celebrate what we need a truly great king, our King Jesus. That's what it's all about. Now, if we go back a little bit to the first king of Israel, Saul, just before they get Saul in 1 Samuel, they demand a king. There is no king in Israel. God is king. They have what they need. They have all that they need. But still, we want a king. They keep asking for a king. Now, the prophet Samuel comes on the scene, and he says, no. So he's kind of like the teacher, or Ralphie's parents, or the mall Santa Claus. You'll shoot your eye out, kids. And he warns them, you don't want to do this. The king is going to be bad for you. God is enough. But they keep persisting, we want a king. So God says, fine. I'll give you what you want, even though you have what you need. God gave it to them, and after a while, letting them maybe learn their lesson, he promises something. So later, we get a prophecy about what's to come in the future. After they suffer their punishment, they're going to get God as a king, Emmanuel, God with us. It's prophesied in Isaiah chapter 9, starting at verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Then, around 300-ish years later, it comes true. We get the story that most of us all know. The birth of the Messiah, King Jesus. Humble beginnings, but born of a Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit. The shepherds find out. 
and they act as witnesses to him. The Magi, they follow the star, and they find out. How many? I, oh, somebody hasn't been here. <laughs> I go through this every year. We three kings, not going to sing it here. It doesn't say how many. There's three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The Magi, they're not kings either. <laughs> they visit a king, not a nice guy, trying to trick him. They don't fall for it. They worship Jesus. It's a spectacular thing. And now they finally get what they needed. But it isn't what they wanted. So if we read the rest of that story, we see he's not like the first king of Israel, a head taller than everybody else. He's not like David, a ruddy warrior, a pretty guy. It's not like that. Did you know that? The Bible tells us that Jesus wasn't necessarily handsome. It's not what they want. We want a warrior king, even though we saw how that worked out. It's prophesied here, Isaiah 53, 1. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There is nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's past to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Jesus wasn't what they wanted. So they rejected what we celebrate today. They rejected God's gift. But he was exactly what they needed. I want to take a moment and talk a little bit about what we're doing here at C3 Church. Some of you know there are going to be some new things that are interesting as we come into the new year, very much aligning with the topic today. I want to talk about the community's wants and needs and how we've been listening to the community, and how we've been learning about the community. Those of you who've been here for a while, you know that we have a heart for those in need, a big heart for those in need. And after years of working in close relationship with those in need, we've discovered that giving people what they want alone isn't very helpful without a hand up. A hand out alone without a hand up isn't helpful. While it's important to show our neighbors love by meeting them where they are and their immediate wants, we must get to the real needs. We must focus on the root causes 
the real needs in order to find a cure. We've discovered that when we do handouts alone, we do hamster wheel ministry. The definition of insanity. Doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results. We would see the same people coming in for years, getting a little help at a time, what they wanted, and nothing ever changing. Not at all. Back in three years, we saw one person come out of homelessness, and countless people die. People would take what they wanted and refuse what they needed. We were giving people what they wanted alone, and as a result, we lost more than we won. When you have more people dying than you're saving, it's time to take a look at things, because giving them what they wanted got them where they are. It's called enabling. You want to meet people where they are, but you don't want to stay there. When focusing on the handouts alone, we found ourselves chasing symptoms. By extending a hand up now, we can find a cure through things like coffee. Don't worry, I'm getting there. Maybe when you came in, you noticed some coffee there with little names on them. We're still experimenting, although my wife will say that the names are completely set in stone. But no, they're written on index cards. We can change it. <laughs> This is a preview into what we're going to be doing with our cafe. So, if you know about us, you know that we have a cafe upstairs. It's beautiful. It's really nice. And we have a heart for feeding people. We also have a heart for doing church the way they did in the early church, which, which means breaking bread with each other, which means fellowship. So after every Sunday service, we go up there and we eat together, and sometimes it's a potluck, and sometimes we get really good special treats. We had Wagyu beef hot dogs. Yeah, there's such a thing, and they're delicious. I eat them every Saturday. Anyway, now you know my sin. <laughs> you can eat Wagyu beef hot dogs. It's all good. But anyway, it's fun. We have a good time, special food up there. And by extension, we feed those in need. They can join us right here. Come as you are. Everybody's welcome. We'll feed you. We also encourage our members to take the food. We have special packaging to people in need. Feed as you have been fed. We want to expand it just a little bit with the coffee. It is our goal to have the cafe open all week, serving specialty coffee, really, really, really good coffee. And also, we served it so that no one would fall asleep during the sermon this evening. If you drank some of the good stuff, you're not falling asleep for two days. <laughs> I can't drink it. <laughs> I shake. It's, <laughs> it's really, really, really strong. But it's good, right? So we're going to serve the specialty coffee. We'll still be giving free coffee on Sundays to people, anyone who wants it. But we're going to sell it during the week. And we're going to use those proceeds to take the next step, which is homelessness prevention. You see, it doesn't just start there. It starts with things like addiction. And we have a heart for that here. If you know my wife's story, you've been here for a while, you know she's in recovery. 
She has a heart for that. So we want to start more recovery meetings and supporting those efforts. Mental health awareness. That's a big one. It's important. We want to take those next steps. If you know our story, my wife and I experienced homelessness. And we've never forgotten what it's like to have that hand up. The handouts would have done us no good at all. But by getting a hand up here and there, it worked. We're not in that state anymore. In celebration of Jesus' birthday, I think if we're being honest, there are a lot of Christians showing up to Jesus' birthday party with a present for themselves, if we're being honest. We'll probably get what we want this year. And hopefully we won't shoot our eyes out with it. <laughs> but what about receiving what we need this year? I think we can all agree that this world needs Jesus. But sadly, there are far too many who don't want him. They're still rejecting him to this day. It's insanity, isn't it? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. We need Jesus to change all that. Nothing else will. I think that's been proven. So how do we change it? Well, Jesus tells us the answer is love. Simple as that, but it seems like the hardest thing to do. We need to show our neighbors that we love them. What we do says more about what we believe than anything we could possibly say. When we love as we're called to, when we're as generous as Jesus called us to be, when we demonstrate care for those around us, for our community, through our church, through our cafe, through generosity, through compassion, through the love of Christ, when we show real love, really loving someone is giving them what they need. So, if we've received what we wanted and what we've needed this year, then what we need to do is extend that to others through generosity. If that hand up is what we've received, we then need to extend it instead of keeping it to ourselves. It's important. Which is why we need your support. And Carolee will come up here during the announcements and she'll show you how you can help us out, what methods you can use to do that. So I'm not going to harp on that. But I encourage you to do it. Because these hand-ups, they're more difficult. If we're being honest, the handouts are quick and kind of easy. But a hand-up requires more energy, more resources, more relationship building. It's a little harder. It requires more help. We all have to kind of participate and pitch in to get that done. Christmas is a time of year we should remember the ultimate gift that we have received from the beginning with the birth of our Savior. And for those of us 
who have been blessed. It's our turn to be a blessing. Ultimately, all of what we do here at C3 Church should be in obedience to Jesus' command to love our neighbors. For the purpose of spreading the gospel, that's what everybody needs. And ultimately, all for the glory of God and the worship of our great King, Jesus. So, as we celebrate his birth today, let's do so in generosity so that we can bring everyone into what we all need, Jesus. Amen? Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for everyone coming out here to celebrate your birth. And Lord, I pray that we don't forget. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, which will empower us to love and to display your fruit to our neighbors, to the people that we're going to interact with. They know we're going out to Christmas dinner because we're Christians. So let us show everybody we encounter and interact with love and generosity as we go out so we can bring glory to your name. Keep us safe. Bring our families into peace and health. Let's show each other the love of Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.